Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. I'm going to bring you a message today that's been burning in my heart. And I think it's been absolutely wonderful how over the last few weeks the Lord has been laying a foundation uh, and we're on a journey to understand more about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. You know, um, Jesus said that in the end times, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached and then the end will, will be preached to all nations and then the end will come. He didn't say the gospel of salvation. He said the gospel of the kingdom. Well, I hope after today's message you're going to understand that perhaps a little bit more. And so um, three weeks ago, Pastor Patsy preached a message called The Highest and Best, where, where she talked about us being from the kingdom of God, but operating in this world to bring salt and light, that we represent the kingdom of God here in the earth. And then the week after that, Cole Stringer gave us that beautiful visual picture of when a storm comes, what do we as eagles do? We don't scratch around on the dirt, scurrying, trying to escape the scor- escape the storm, we go right into the storm and the storm lifts us. We're from a different kingdom. And then last week, my goodness, that message that Pastor Tony brought, I don't know that I've ever heard such a clear um, um, discussion or a clear expression of of a Christian worldview framework as to the world that we live in. It was amazing. It was amazing. I recommend you go back and listen to all three of those messages. But one of the quotes that Pastor Tony used last week was about the cosmos. He talked about this cosmos. And if you're wondering why I've got this mat here, I'm not going to lay down on it or take it up and walk. This is to represent the cosmos that we live in, right? So when I stand here, I'm representing standing in the cosmos. Well, what is the cosmos? Cosmos denotes the order of the world the ordered universe, the ordered entirety of God's creation, but considered as separate from God, the abode of humanity, that order of things in which humanity moves or of which man is the center. Now, that's a brilliant definition of cosmos. And if you want to know more of that, go back and listen to that message from last week. But what I want to do this morning is to step further along, uh, along that thought line or along that line of understanding this cosmos and how it fits into the whole framework of the whole kingdom of God. So I want to identify three main points that are foundational for a Christian worldview. Now, you know, every fourth Sunday of the month of night time, Mitch or, or someone, other people, Uh, bring to us discussions around Christian worldview. And really that is about how we as Christians view the world. We see the world very differently to people from other religions or other cultures or other ways of thinking. There are many foundations, but I want to bring to you three that I consider to be the most important. The first one is we as humans are born into a closed system. When you are born, you are born into this closed system that is 
is um, constrained and held together by light. It's a system of time and space. And we are born into this system. We're given sensors that enable us to function and work within this system. When God said, light be, what happened was a whole portion of eternity was framed and, and constrained by light and time came into being. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, Jesus is the sole expression of the glory of God and he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Jesus holds, he, by, we know in, in, in John it says that by him all things were created. It's, a, it's an amazing concept to wrap your head around. But by Jesus, the light of the world, this area of the cosmos, this, this system that we call the cosmos, was brought into being. Okay? It's, it's, it sends my head spinning. I don't know about you, but it sends my head spinning. And scientists are actually confirming this if you do a little bit of research into this kind of thing. Anyway. But in this cosmos, there is an order. When God created the cosmos, he set in place rules and regulations. We call them physics, things, the way that this cosmos operates. You know, for example, if you jump off a 10-story building, gravity is going to pull you down. It's just the way this system operates. And we've been given senses, eyes, ears, smell, taste, logic, that's part of our soul, part of our being that helps us to function in this cosmos. Okay, so there is an order in the cosmos, but we're going to look at what happened in a minute. Then the other foundation is that outside of this cosmos, there is a realm outside of time and space, and that's the realm of the kingdom of God, the realm of eternity, where time is irrelevant, space is irrelevant, and God exists there. In that realm of time and space, nothing changes. It's eternal. It's eternal, okay? The third foundation is man is a three-part being. And if you've been coming to this church for very long, you would know that we say, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Now, it's all you, okay? No one's saying that this hand is not you. It's all you. But you are primarily a spirit being. You have a soul, which is all your senses and faculties that enable you to function in this cosmos. We need it. You know, when you get born again, you don't leave your intellect behind. <laughs> You've got to renew your mind, okay? So we have those, that, that, and we also have a body. A body is very important because when you are born, you're born into this system and you have a body. You have to have a body. If your body carks it, you're out of here. Okay, that's not deep, is it? No. So let's have a look, an overview of these two different systems. There's this realm of eternity, and then there's this realm of the cosmos. Okay? So this realm of the cosmos, and when I stand on the mat I'm in the cosmos, which I will do right now, okay, we are born into this system, and we're given natural senses to, to be able to work within this system. This system was given to humans to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth under God's direction, according to God's kingship. 
Now, this system cannot operate by itself. It must have uh, a connection to the spirit because that is where the kingship of God exists. So God created Adam and Eve and all humankind were, were put into this earth under God's kingship. And while they were listening to God and, uh, and getting their directions from him, everything was fine. But you know the story. Adam and Eve transferred their kingship from the highest God to another God, a spirit being. Because we know who that is. The devil or Satan or Lucifer. And there's a whole big teaching in itself. But basically that's what happened. And when Adam and Eve transferred the kingship to a lesser God then things became, began to be corrupted. This whole system is corrupted. People say, well, if there's a God, why, why are people suffering? Because it's a corrupt system. Because the God of this world is not God the Most High, it's another spirit being. You know, the devil has no authority to operate on the earth. Remember, you said to operate in authority, part of the system of this cosmos, to operate in authority, you have to have a body. The devil doesn't have a body until he decides that he's going to work through another body. Other bodies. Human beings is what gives the devil the, um, the authority to function here. Aren't you thankful that God has given us a way to transfer out of that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and function here as children of the Most High God. Okay? So, <laughs> so Jesus came, and he came legitimately and legally. He was born into this cosmos, but he didn't come here to reform the cosmos. He didn't come here to fix up a broken system or corrupted system. He came here to give us access to a higher system. Jesus was not going to change. And in fact, a lot of people wanted him. They wanted him to change the government, change the system, fix up. You cannot legislate the kingdom of God. And we're going to see why in a minute. So when I was a child back in, in the 60s and I lived in Sydney and I used to go into the city and I walked around the city in those days and written on the, the footpath in chalk was a word called eternity. You can put that picture up. And um, I used to look at that and think, what? And I asked my dad, I said, what is, the, is this, eternity? And my dad said, there's a man who walks around Sydney and he writes the word eternity, and no one at that time knew who he was. And, uh, and a lot of people in Sydney were impacted, media people, business people, um, people, on, and even to this day, I've, I've read the book about this gentleman, and there were people who say, we remember that, and it impacted us. It caused us to think, what is beyond this world that we live in? And this gentleman here, his name's Arthur Stace, and he was amazingly born again out of a, a, he was a homeless alcoholic and was amazingly born again. And the Lord put it in his heart to walk around Sydney writing eternity. And, uh, and it just impacted people. But it, as a child, I remember that thinking, what is eternity? Where does eternity exist? So let's have a look and see. What are the characteristics 
of this eternal kingdom of God. Firstly, it is an eternal kingdom. Uh, Psalm 145 verse 13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So God is king and Jesus, because of his, uh, what, the work of redemption that he uh, carried out, is king of all kings. There are other kings. There are other kings. But Jesus himself is the king of kings and he is an eternal king. For eternity. Um, second characteristic, and this is not an exhaustive list, it's simply some that, that I've looked at and thought were significant. The second one is that the, it's not found in the closed system. The kingdom of God is not found in this cosmos by using cosmos principles. You cannot understand the kingdom of God by using your natural intellect. In John 18, verse 36, it says, Jesus answered, My kingdom belongs not to this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would have been fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. It has no original source in that place. So that's why Jesus was not interested in restoring an old system. He knew he had a kingdom that was greater and his job was to come and tell people about this kingdom, the eternal kingdom. Number three, you must be born into this kingdom also. Just as you're born into the natural um, cosmos, you must be born into the kingdom of God. Okay, And of course we know that John 3, 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, um, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't see it with your natural eyes. The kingdom of God is accessed and operated by faith. Now, because you cannot understand, comprehend and operate the kingdom of God using cosmos principles or your natural intellect, your natural ability, there is only one thing that helps you, that enables you to operate this eternal kingdom, and that is a substance that comes from that kingdom, and that is faith. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing, isn't it? Now, Jesus has given us access to that. By grace, you are saved through faith. Faith, I mean, you can have natural faith. I mean, when David sat on that chair this morning, he had faith that the chair was going to hold him up. That's natural faith. But the kind of faith that is eternal faith, the God kind of faith, which we're encouraged to have the God kind of faith, you won't find it in this natural cosmos using natural principles, using your intellect, looking for it with your eyes, listening for it with your natural ears, because it is accessed by eternal substance of faith. Okay, next one. This kingdom operates in the heart. In fact, I have just missed a scripture, which is very important. Man is a three-part being. I'll go back to Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, if you can find that slide again. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has put eternity in their hearts. 
Now, God has put eternity in the heart of a man because we are spirit beings. Every human is a spirit being. And he's put eternity in your heart. And when you, before you were a Christian, before you were born again, did you have a yearning in your heart that there must be something more? In, in your dark nights, in the middle of the night, when you wake up and you think, is there more? Is there something out there? Is anybody out there? Because he's put eternity in your heart. So that men are seeking after God. Men and women are seeking, children are seeking after God. And so um, the kingdom operates in the heart. The interesting thing about that verse of scripture from Ecclesiastes, it says he's made everything beautiful in its time. So going back to this cosmos in this place of time, when you live in the place of time, God can make everything beautiful. Things can change here. Isn't that good news? Aren't you glad that if you live in a terrible situation, you don't have to go into eternity in that terrible situation because it won't change in eternity, but it does change in the, t- in the period of time, in this realm of time. So, all right, so the kingdom of God operates in your heart. That's why Jesus said, um, you've heard, uh, uh, like, you know, don't commit adultery or don't lie and cheat and stuff. He says, but I tell you, if you think about it in your heart, you've already committed it. Well, that's a little bit hard. Don't you think that's a bit harsh? I mean, if, if I even think about doing something bad, then, it, then I've done it bad. But, you know, that's good news. Because when you are born again, your heart is cleansed and cleaned. It's not about your behavior external behavior is not how the kingdom of God is expressed. The kingdom of God is in your heart. And if you make a mistake, you say, oh Lord, I'm sorry I made a mistake. He says, it's dealt with. It's in the heart. It's a a working of the heart. Okay, so the next one is God is the king of this kingdom, not human effort. There was a scripture that in Psalms 146 verse 3 to 5 that Pastor Tony read last week, it says, do not put your trust in princes nor in the son of man in whom there's no help. Um, I'll skip down. It says, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord of God. You know, the scripture says, don't put your trust in other people, princes or other people. Don't even put your trust in yourself because you're going to let yourself down. That's sad news, isn't it? But you put your trust in God... He is the king and submit to him. He'll always see you right. He'll always see you right. Some people say, look, it's my life. I get to do what I like with it. Well, I think, how's that working for you? (laughs) I'm so glad I'm not my own king. I'm not my own lord. Neither is my husband lord of me. Jesus is my king and my lord and I submit to him. Okay? Now here, the next one, and this is the part I really like. This kingdom of God is the realm of miracles. It's the realm of miracles. Wouldn't you like to see more miracles? Signs, wonders and healings. And and, you know, a lot of people want to see miracles because miracles gets them out of the terrible situation. It's like, dear God, I could use a miracle right now. But I'm going to tell you about miracles. What a miracle is, is something that, that uses 
eternal principles to carry it out. For example, you're in this cosmos, things happen according to the order that God made it happen. For example, seed, time and harvest. It's a principle of the cosmos. God set it in order. Seed, time and harvest. So I know people who've had a baby and you see this newborn baby go, oh, it's a miracle. No, it's actually not a miracle. It works according to the principle of seed, time and harvest. Now, if you are not able to have a child and the doctor said impossible, that's when you need to delve into eternity and utilize eternity's principles to get your miracle. That's all a miracle is. If, it does, if it's not working here, okay, a lot of people are sick and they get healed. Thank the Lord for doctors. I'm thankful because there are principles that I can utilize. But when the doctor says, got no hope, you go, I need to delve into kingdom principles and pull that here for my, for, for my use. So that's what miracles are. This is the place of miracles. Now, when you're over in this place, it's not a miracle, it's normal. You think God's on his throne saying, hey, we're going to have to work something out here because this is not what... No, he's already set things into, in place. The plan of God is already established. And there is so much in the kingdom of God that you can utilize, which is normal for us in the kingdom of God, but it's miraculous when it's brought into the cosmos. Can you see that? Oh, I like this. Don't you want to start seeing some miracles? And the reason I want to see miracles is because Jesus paid for it. He paid for it, and I haven't got it yet. I want it. Not because I'm selfish, well, maybe, but because I want to see his redemption demonstrated here on the earth. So if we have a look at what Jesus, uh, he preached in Matthew, it's interesting watching what he did. From Matthew 5 through to Matthew 7, Jesus preached about the kingdom. And he, got, he had the, that great sermon on the mount, the Beatitudes, and then he spoke in all of, through those chapters about what the kingdom is like. You've heard it said, you know, um, love your neighbor but hate your enemies. I'm telling you, love your enemies. He, he gave lots of illustrations of what the kingdom of God is like. And then in chapters 8 through to 10, he went and he demonstrated. It's like watch and see. He, he preached it, then he demonstrated it. And people got healed, people got delivered. He did all sorts of miracles. And he even told his disciples, now you go and do the same. Because I've taught you about kingdom principles. That's what they did. They operated in kingdom principles. So how can we operate in kingdom principles? Kingdom operations, we've called this. There are operations of the kingdom. We live in this world, right? While we live in this world, we are going to draw down heaven's operations. How do we do that? When I was asking the Lord about that, he showed me something very interesting about how Jesus preached and what some of these kingdom operations are. All right? But um, I want to talk about inheriting. You don't get to do the kingdom of God because of your good works or because you understand it, because you've worked all, all sorts of things through in your own logic or anything like that. You inherit it. You inherit it because Jesus died and he gave it to you. 
So how do you take a hold of your inheritance? Um, there are a few scriptures here that really portray it quite well. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 says, you don't, uh, don't you realise that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? That sounds a bit tough. That's a bit harsh. Okay. I want to have a look in Galatians 5.21. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living that kind of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty tough. What is that saying? You know, you can operate either system. You can operate heaven's system or you can operate this system. You can be born again and, and love Jesus but still work in the works of the flesh. Uh, get cranky, get angry, say stupid things, um, hate your brother and sister, follow after your own lusts. I mean, it gets worse and worse and worse. I'm not going to go into it. We want this to be family friendly. But it gets worse when you follow your own lusts. So what, what Paul is saying when he writes there that if you do these things, you won't inherit the kingdom, you've just made a choice to operate in this system. You operate in this, God still loves you, you'll still go to heaven when you die, but you're operating the wrong system. If you're operating this system, following after the lust of your flesh, over your own ideas and doing whatever you fancy, you're not operating kingdom principles. So step over and operate in kingdom principles um, and you'll inherit what has been given to you. We're going to look at this a bit more detail. Um, I've written here, operating in, yielding to, and prioritizing the cosmos way of doing things prevents kingdom operations. And of course we know Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. You seek his kingdom and his way of doing things, and this will be added to you. So what are these kingdom operations? There are lots of them. And if you, I tell you, when I was praying about this and asking the Lord, I really sensed the Lord say to me that people in this church, if you're not operating kingdom principles, it's not because you're bad, rebellious, ugly and awful. It's just you don't know about it. People don't operate kingdom principles unless they know that they are kingdom principles. And then you become aware of it in your heart so here are some uh, kingdom principles. Some time ago, a few years ago, Pastor Tony preached a message called the Upside Down Kingdom. And this is an upside down kingdom. Let me tell, to you, tell you the first one I have on my list is that you have to humble to be great. Now that's contrary to what the cosmos will tell you. The cosmos will tell you if you want to get ahead in the world, you're going to have to cut down your opponents, climb up that ladder, do whatever's necessary to get to the top. But a kingdom principle says, and, and Jesus said this in Mark 9.35, he said, if anyone desires to be first, he must be the last. And a servant of all, humbled under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. I tell you, I've, I've, I've operated this in my life many, many, many times. It's not easy, but there's grace for it. 
Okay, the next one. Give and it will be given to you. That wonderful um, word that Kayla brought about giving that impacts a whole lot of people. You know why? That kind of giving is a kingdom principle. The world will tell you give and you're going to lose all your money. Don't give too much away. You want to keep a little bit aside just in case. Just in case what? God runs out of money? No. Give and it'll be given to you. It's a kingdom principle. Uh, number three, love your enemies. Well, the world will tell you, you've got an enemy, you better watch your back and you better attack them as soon as you can and get rid of them. <laughs> no, but Jesus said, you've heard, I, you've heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Isn't that an interesting kingdom operation? You know, what it does is it opens up so much possibility for you to influence those who hate you. They cannot resist love. Okay, it's a kingdom principle. The next one is kingdom operates under authority. Now, you've heard people say, well, I'm my own, you know, I'll do my own thing and I'm going to be my own it's my life, I'll do whatever I like. But there is a principle of the kingdom and that is you always are under authority. Under authority, whether it's in your home or in your church or wherever, in your workplace, in, in your nation, God has set authority in place for you to operate within. Now you need wisdom to know how to operate under authority, particularly if that authority is ungodly. But I love what Pastor Tony said last week. He said, you pray for authorities and you submit to authorities, but you don't trust them. Don't put your trust in princes. So if, you know, I've had this situation where I've been at work and pe people who are over me are treating me really, really bad, but I submit to God and submit to my leaders. God always takes care of you because it's a kingdom principle. There are lots of others. Count it all joy when you fall into temptation. Um, seek first the kingdom of God. There are so many kingdom operations that we see in the Bible that when we activate them, while we're living in this world, we are drawing on heaven's power to demonstrate and preach and show the gospel of the kingdom. Showing it. And that's one of the things that, that we're going to be looking for in the end times. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached through all nations and then the end will come. So I had this quiz question. What would happen if believers filled the earth with kingdom operations? Now I'm thinking let's fill the earth with healings and miracles. But what's the point of healings and miracles when you go home and you hate your next door neighbor, you speak bad about somebody, you're stepping right out of kingdom operations back into cosmos operations. I believe God is looking for people, believers, who are diligent to operate kingdom operations in their own lives and to whom more is given, who, to whom what's given, more will be given to you. The more you operate in kingdom business, kingdom operations, the more the kingdom of God can be demonstrated through you. Isn't that something that we want? And if you come, 
you know, um, this is not a condemnation to people who are, uh, you know, working, operating in cosmos operations. Because I do. I flip over it to so easy. It's not easy. But there's grace for it. And so I really believe today that we are going to be aware because the kingdom of God is within you. You know, um, a few weeks ago, my daughter had a situation when somebody was really, really awful to her and she really had a right to confront them on it. But she said, you know, I just sense I need to love her. Oh, wait, there's a kingdom operation right there. Kingdom operation. Um, another friend said to me, you know, my next door neighbor's been really sick. I just went over to them and I said, you know, I know that what you've been going through and I just want to let you know I care. That neighbor opened the door and put her arms around her and said, thank you. That's a kingdom operation. These operations of the kingdom are not to, um, just to, to highlight to you what's good and bad. It's to help you to be aware of what actually is on the inside. Read the word of God and see what Jesus says about kingdom operations and say, Lord, how can I actually submit to you and let you lead me to operate more in kingdom operations and thereby have the will of God done on the earth. Jesus prayed and he said, thy kingdom come. What was he saying? We're here in the cosmos. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are operations of the kingdom that need to be demonstrated and expressed here on the earth. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. It's God's desire that everyone become citizens of this kingdom, children of the living God. Amen. Amen. We're just going to spend a time while Andy sings and, and let's just ask the Lord. Lord, we ask at this time that you help us be aware of the operations in our life, whether we're operating from the cosmos system or whether we're operating from your kingdom. We thank you for your word that instructs us and teaches us. Well, we thank you most of all that your spirit is in us. You are directing us. You are showing us. Thank you, Lord. In my life, your will be done. In my life, your will be done. In my world, your kingdom, your kingdom come. Pastor, I want to get born again, but if I get born again, will I have to give up um, uh, 
barroom dancing. She, she was a dancer in a nightclub, how she made a living. And the pastor said, you're going to have to give that up because Christians don't do that. And so she, she couldn't do it. And then Brother Hagen went to the church and he, he ministered there and the girl came to him and said, I really want to get born again, but I feel like if I get born again, I'm going to have to give up dancing. Well, I have to give up the dancing. Brother Hagen said to her, no, you don't. You don't have to give up dancing. Just accept Jesus right now and you'll be born again. And sometime later, he went back to the church and found that girl and he said to her, so how's the, how's the, you know, the barroom dancing going? She said, funny thing about that, I, I just lost the desire for it. You know, today, if you are tossing up, do I take on this kingdom citizenship, accept Jesus as my saviour, or do I just hang on to my old ways? You know what? Don't worry about it. Just take the plunge and say, Jesus, I accept what you did for me to give me the key, the access to your kingdom. I just accept it. And then whatever you want to do in my life, you'll make it happen. So this morning, if that's you, just say, yes, Jesus, I receive you. That's all you have to do. I receive you, what you did, and I thank you for it. In fact, I believe that there are Christians here this morning who you have been struggling with something in your life that you don't want to let go of. And you know it's not beneficial. You know it's not kingdom business. But you don't want to let go of it. You know what? Just let that work in you. Let him work in you. For he's at work in you that you will both will and do. You're not at work in yourself to will and do, but he is at work in you to will and to do. And trust that grace. Trust the grace. Oh, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. It's not a hard thing. The hard work's been done. We just receive it. We receive it today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.